This is a news update from the University of Portsmouth. Paleontologists from the University of Portsmouth have revealed the secret of how flying pterosaurs supported their extremely long necks. We were just incredibly surprised at what the internal structure was like. The, the CT scanner revealed something that was both fascinating and also incredibly beautiful to look at as well. I'm Sophie Wagstaff. I'm here with Professor Dave Martill from the university, who tells us more. You've discovered the secret that lies behind the success of the flying pterosaur, which has a neck longer than a giraffe. Could you tell me what you found? Well, what we have done is we've found in Morocco, in some Cretaceous deposits, that's rocks that are around about 100 million years old, we've found some beautifully preserved pterosaur neck vertebrae, and they're from some really quite remarkable animals. And you're, you're right in suggesting that the, the neck is incredibly long, certainly longer than a giraffe, maybe a neck that's about three metres long, perhaps. It's made up of only about nine vertebrae, most of them which are incredibly elongate. Now, the thing about pterosaurs is that they're flying animals. And the one thing that they mustn't do is make their skeletons heavy. So whenever you study the skeletons of pterosaur, the thing that you notice about them more than anything is how thin and fragile and delicate their bones are. It's an anomalous, really, isn't it? Because if you're going to be a flying animal, you've got to have strength for landing. You've got to have strength in your skeleton for taking off. You're going to be buffeted by winds. And of course, you've you're got to hunt your prey. And so there's uh, a lot of things that your skeleton actually needs to, to, to be strong for. It needs to be reinforced for. And yet it has to be light. And pterosaurs have done all sorts of things to make their skeleton light and strong. But the one thing that we, we never really understood was how they managed to get such incredibly long necks. And one of the reasons that we've not solved this problem for, for a while is that pterosaur bones are often very poorly preserved. They're mostly found crushed and that makes it difficult to understand their three-dimensional morphology. They're very, very rare, and so if you do have a good specimen and you want to cut it up to look at the inside, the internal structure, museum curators are very, very reluctant to let you cut up very, very rare and fragile bones. There's a, a, a new method of examining the insides of bones, which is CT scanning, which is very, very widespread in the medical industry, of course. But paleontologists have only in the last decade or so really got into using CT scanning. And we decided to put one of the vertebrae that we'd found in Morocco through a CT scanner. And we were just incredibly surprised at what the internal structure was like. The, the CT scanner revealed something that was both fascinating and also incredibly beautiful to look at as well. We found that the, the neck vertebrae were essentially elongate tubes. And inside that tube, there was another tube. The tube inside is the tube that carries the spinal cord, the information highway that links the brain with the rest of the body. And normally, this is a, a tube which sits on top of the vertebrae and is covered by a little cap with a, with a dorsal spine on it. But here in this pterosaur, the spinal cord has descended down into the vertebrae. So the, the bone is essentially a tube within a tube. And then remarkably, that tube is held in place by spokes, like the spokes on a bicycle wheel. But a bicycle wheel is a two-dimensional object, really. Uh, you see radial spokes coming out from an axle. But vertebra, a long tube-like vertebra, it's 3D. And what we discovered was not only was there a radial arrangement of spokes, but they spiral along the length of the vertebra. 
we had a look at it and we thought, well, this is a remarkable piece of, of bioengineering. And so we got our friends in the mechanics department to, to have a look at this. And they looked at it as though it was a piece of engineering. What they found was that the pterosaur had not only come up with the best possible arrangement for transmitting forces that are applied to the neck down to a structure inside, but they'd actually done it with the minimum amount of materials. So what they'd done is they'd found the way that they could strengthen the bone and given it the maximum amount of strength, but using the minimum amount of material. And of course, that's what we have done with bicycle wheels. Spokes are incredibly thin, but they make the wheel so strong that a, you know, a big heavy person can sit on it and the wheel doesn't collapse. Well, pterosaurs have done exactly the same. They've put spokes inside their vertebrae. And so they can subject that vertebra to an enormous amount of force and the vertebra won't fail. These pterosaurs have heads that are bigger than their bodies. That's quite a feat of engineering, isn't it, there? And what kind of prey would they be picking up with these pterosaurs? Pterosaurs uh, have been studied for a very, very long time. And there are a few examples of really perfect specimens out there. But rather bizarrely, we've not really found any good stomach contents. There are only a very few specimens, mostly of really small pterosaurs, that have tiny fish in their stomachs. So it's widely assumed, widely assumed that they were, they were fish eaters. But the pterosaurs that we're finding in Morocco were wandering up and down riverbanks. They, they weren't flying over the sea like seagulls or albatross. And so we're a little unsure as to what they were eating. The sort of pterosaur that we've been studied is called an Ashdarkid. And these are widely thought to be roaming around in terrestrial environments, probably hunting their prey on the ground, perhaps in the rivers. And therefore, there's a very, very wide range of food that they could be eating. Now, it might be that they eat anything that moves. You know, it could be a small mammal, uh, a lizard, uh, it could even be a baby dinosaur, perhaps, but equally it could be a crab. But they are big animals. The largest wingspans on these so-called Ashdarkid pterosaurs got into excess of nine meters. And the, the deposits where we found these specimens in Morocco are very, very rich in fishes. We find lots and lots of fossil fishes. Dave, the, the scan that was used, the CT scan, to have a look at this remarkable sort of spoke-like structure, is that now going to be used, do you think, more often when you find fossils and you really want to get a proper idea of what the bone looks like? CT scanning has been used quite a lot on fossils in, in, in the last decade. One of the things that the CT scanner does for us is it saves us a lot of time. If you have a, a piece of rock and you can see a few bones sticking out, you have a choice. You can put it in a CT scanner and hope that there's a good contrast between the bones and the rock and you'll be able to see the fossil inside the rock. But that doesn't always work. And if it doesn't, then I'm afraid you have to use the old fashioned method of preparing it out by hand, which is extremely time consuming. And also you're working blind. You can't see where the bones are going. So you can actually cause damage to the fossil when you're preparing them manually. We're using it to look at the internal structure of the bone. Mostly people have been using CT scanning to look at the external structure of the bone, to see the, the overall shape of the skeleton and how the bones fit together. But what we're doing now with high resolution machines is we're looking inside the bones and we're learning a lot more about how the mechanics of the animal work by looking at the structure inside the bones instead of just the, the outside details, if you like. So using this new technology, 
is unlocking the secrets of the kind of flight abilities of this amazing creature. It's just, it's incredible, isn't it, that you're discovering more and more kind of as technology develops. The use of these new tools, like, for example, uh, the CT scanner, but other techniques as well, and, and, and scanning electron microscopes are just absolutely brilliant uh, these days. It's amazing what you could see at very, very high magnifications. Uh, gives us an opportunity to go over all of the fossils that have ever been found in the last couple of hundred years and study them again using different techniques and learning much, much more about these animals. And I guess that as technology improves, prices of these machines come down. Not all universities have CT scanners in their paleontology sections, for example. We're very, very lucky at Portsmouth that we've got CT scanners uh, and we've got electron microscopes as well. So some really wonderful things are going to be discovered about all sorts of ancient animals, not just pterosaurs. That's really awesome. And one final question for you, Dave. I just wondered, I know today is April the 12th and we are hopefully on on this roadmap to ease us out of this horrendous COVID situation. Have you got any idea when you might be able to get back out there to Morocco and, and carry on doing your field work? We've been working down in Morocco now for more than a decade, getting on for two decades. Uh, I haven't seen my friends in Morocco for a very long time. Uh, so a year and a half now, isn't it? Or getting on that way. I'm just desperate to get back into the field. I'm, I'm getting lots and lots of data. I mean, the, the, the COVID has not stopped us using the CT scanners and it's not stopped us using the electron microscopes. So I've not stopped doing any paleontology. But for me, the best part of paleontology is going into the field and discovering new fossils out there in the desert in the glorious sunshine and having a jolly good time at making new discoveries in the fresh air it's great fun making discoveries using a ct scanner but um, you do lack the sunshine yeah i totally agree let's hope that a bit of normality resumes in the coming months <laughs> oh dave thank you so much thank you for listening to find out more about studying paleontology at the school of the environment geography and geosciences please visit our university website, www.port.ac.uk.